0: Thank you for joining this episode of Down the Line. My name is Brett Score, and I'm your host. I'm very honored to have the chance to catch up with one of our Tribe alumni, Sherry Stangline. Sherry is a lefty setter in the graduating class of 2018. She's currently a senior at Columbia University. I never had the chance to personally coach Sherry because when I got to Tribe, I was coaching a different age group, but I did have the chance to bring into practice with my team on several occasions and also had the challenge of coaching against her a few times during the high school season. I'm really looking forward to learning more about her experience as a student-athlete in the heart of New York City. Thank you, Sherry, for joining me today.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: So can you start off by telling us
2: just a little bit about what you are currently studying at Columbia and what you're planning to do with it from there?
1: Yeah, so I am a bio major. I believe the technical term is biological sciences, uh, bio pre-med and I'd like to go to medical school in a few years. I'm taking a few gap years beforehand to take the MCAT, work in a lab at the medical campus at my school. Uh, And yeah, and just get some time off before going into med school.
2: Now, how did you come to getting to have that job at the lab on campus?
1: Um, Basically, my sophomore year over winter break, I just started emailing a bunch of professors. I looked up the, I think like, a medical biology department and I just found random names looked at their research looked up some of the papers that they've written read a couple of them and then would email them talked a little bit about their papers what I liked and then just waited for people to email me back
2: awesome so what drew you to this particular field
1: biology just because I had a few teachers in high school and middle school like I had a really great physics pr- teacher my freshman year of high school that made me fall in love with science, basically. I absolutely loved it. And then from there, I had two really good biology professors or teachers as well. And I just I just loved science. I absolutely loved it. And that's how I knew I wanted to do a bio major in college and like go, go into medicine. Mm-hmm. From as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a doctor. And uh, I guess how I got into interested into my, the lab I work in, my PI, principal investigator, she's a vi- virologist. So uh, they've been doing a lot of work on viruses. And I just coincidentally started working for them right before the pandemic. Uh, and they mainly worked with more paramyxoviruses, so different types of viruses compared to coronavirus. But then they added that along with their research. So I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. And I was open to trying anything new because I didn't have any research experience mm-hmm. really. So I was open to learning and open to trying it. And yeah, and I've really liked it so far in the past couple of years.
2: That's very cool. It sounds like perfect timing as far as where you got yeah. it. Now, you said that you always want to go to med school and be involved with that. So how did that play out in your recruiting process when you were looking at schools, when you were searching for programs? And mm-hmm. I know an athlete like yourself, you had more than just the school you chose as Mm options so within the schools that you had to choose from like how did your intended major how did that play with the recruiting process
1: so initially when i was like a freshman sophomore i was thinking more of an astrophysics major or astrobiology because i was also interested in potentially becoming an astronaut realized i didn't want to do that much math in my life um so from there, when I would talk to um, coaches, I would basically just tell them, listen, I'm really interested in science. I'd like to do like a, a STEM major. And some of them would tell me that um, because of STEM majors, you have to take a lot of labs. And those are usually like four to six hours once a week, potentially. And if you're away on game for game days during the week, that doesn't really work well, because you can't really miss lab classes necessarily. So some of them would tell me that I couldn't be a science major because it just takes too much time and others uh, were fine with it. So the ones that told me I couldn't be a STEM major, I, I basically had to tell them like, okay, like I don't think this is going to work out for me. Like I love your program and I really mm-hmm. would love to play at your school. but um, for my professional career after afterwards, I really would like to stay with science.
2: And that, that is something that's awesome that you were able to know so early that you had something specific in mind that allowed you to find a school that fit that need. What are some of the best things about being a student athlete at an Ivy League school?
1: So I would say I really just enjoy the fact that it's, it's exhausting in the moment and especially in season and even in spring. It's physically and just like mentally exhausting because of how much work you have to do but I love being able to look back on a semester and just see everything I've accomplished, even on a daily basis, just look back. And at the end of the day, be like, okay, I went to practice for three or four hours. Like I practiced, I got better at this. I went to lift. I went up five pounds on my bench or something like that. And then just doing like all those little things and just seeing like how much I have progressed over a certain amount of time. I love mm-hmm. looking back and seeing that. And then also, obviously, volleyball is great. I love being able to play it. And I'm Mm -hmm. super happy and lucky that I was able to keep playing it after high school. And then yeah, I would just say like, knowing that you're one of the very few people, uh, like you're a small percentage of the country that wakes up in the morning, and has a goal of getting better at something Mm -hmm. every day whether it's like academics or even um, especially sports, like waking up and knowing, okay, I have this goal in mind and I want to get better at it and I can not get better at it. I love just being able to like progress as a person in any way.
2: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Now, I know that you have teammates that you played with in high school, teammates that you played with in club that went to other level schools and they played and they're having similar athletic experiences. How is your Ivy League Of that, that's because we do have Mm -hmm. young athletes that are considering I want the high academic, it kind of sells itself. It's Ivy League, but also being a student athlete there, how is that a little bit different than like some of your club teammates who went on to high level schools that weren't Ivy League?
1: I would say the biggest thing is it's so different than bigger programs, it's so interesting to compare it. Um, I would say like the first thing that comes into mind is that I think the Ivy League is the only league that does this and do one or uh the nca um we play all our games on the weekend like we're we we do not miss any classes basically uh we play back to back on the weekends friday at uh 7 p.m and saturday at 5 p.m which is a grind <laughs> when it comes down to it uh mm-hmm. it's you're really tired on saturdays usually especially this past season i ended up being a 5-1 setter mm-hmm. so i didn't come off the court usually and that was that was a new experience for me for you know going into five sets something mm-hmm. like that um yeah i would say the physical demand on like during season is a lot as is with every um uh league and then also during the spring we're limit we have a more limited amount of hours we can practice like okay. with our coach and i would say like just like getting in practices is sometimes harder. Like we'll usually practice once a day. I know some other schools will practice like twice a day or something. Mm-hmm. We also have a more limited preseason in the summer. We mm-hmm. usually come in around two weeks before school starts, like middle of August. But I think two years ago, the way like this cycle works at mm-hmm. in the Ivy League, it was like the shortest preseason you get mm-hmm. within like this eight year cycle. So we really only had like, I think, eight days of preseason. Um,
2: I know typically yeah. uh, the other division one programs, like they're starting in the first couple days of August and they're getting like three mm-hmm. weeks plus of preseason like before their first tournament hits. And for example, like they usually start, you know, third week in August with games and your schedule yeah. is typically like the same starting time as the D2 and D3s of Labor Day weekend. Like that's your first mm-hmm. weekend of competition. Yeah, so what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced being a student athlete at an Ivy league school, like going to Columbia, playing volleyball has all those amazing things with it. But what are the biggest mm-hmm. challenges that you've had?
1: I think coming in as a freshman is pretty daunting. And I didn't really realize that in the, at the time I would say, cause I came in thinking like, all right, like, like I want to make an impact as much as I can. But then you like also realize that you're coming in to like this program that already has a specific culture. You have to adjust to that. You have to adjust to a new system of playing. Uh, there wasn't what we did. at tried like old Mill square. That mm-hmm. wasn't really it at all. I had to learn a whole new defensive system. It was a lot to take in. And usually coach would say like the freshmen are like when they're on the court, your only job is to not make mistakes, which usually like I came from playing on a high school team and a club team where it was like, you were you were a big dog yeah and you did everything and like you were the one to go to so it was like different having to shift that when i wanted to be a big dog but mm-hmm. it was like you're not there yet you have to like adjust the system get used to the speed of the mm-hmm. you know the hits coming at you everything like that and then like also just like kind of fi- finding your role mm-hmm. on the team as well they're older setters than me so i had to kind of be taken under their wing and learn how to set in college what yeah. was
2: your role that you had as a freshman and sophomore coming in? Like, I know you were very highly recruited, You're very talented. Because again, like I said, I had the chance to play against you. Um, I <laughs> saw what you were capable of. But so what was your role as a freshman and sophomore when you got to that college team?
1: Um, so sometimes I was starting setter, Sometimes I wasn't. Um, I ultimately was a three rotation DS my freshman year and sophomore year. Um, I changed my position a lot which probably drove my coach crazy I would tell her that I wanted to be a libero mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's like all right we'll train you as that and then like I would do that I'm like no I want to be a setter and I go back to that so I really just like could never choose which one I loved more mm-hmm. so being a DS actually I really liked it honestly playing defense there's nothing better than like getting every single ball up that comes mm-hmm. at you I absolutely love that so yeah I was mainly a DS and then starting setter sometimes and then If ever we couldn't get out of rotation or something, my coach more like later in the season would put me into set for like one or two points and like just get us out of service Eve. And Mm -hmm. I would do that and just like, yeah, go back to being a DS, but yeah, I liked it.
2: So how was that adjustment from, like you said, being the big dog to then having to be something where it's your role wasn't necessarily what you wanted it? How did you treat Mm -hmm. that in practices and training sessions? Like how did you deal Mm -hmm. with that and how did you work for the role that you wanted?
1: Um, well, there was, there was a time when I was younger, I was smaller than everyone and I wasn't the starting setter. And basically what it came down to when I was younger was putting in a bunch of hard work and being relentless and competitive. And that's kind of how I took it. It wasn't like something new to me. I was like, okay, this has happened to me before. And I went into it and every practice I just worked my butt off. I competed like with myself, with my teammates. Yes, I love my teammates, but also I know like when it comes down to it, if I'm going against someone, it, I want it to be me. It's going to be me. Like there's no question. I, I want it to be me. So on defense, anything I was doing, I just loved being able to to win, I guess, in my respective position. Yeah.
2: Now, do you think that playing as a DS your freshman and sophomore year, do you think that helped your defensive game as a setter when you did end up getting that that 5-1 role and you weren't just a hey i'm doing this for three i'm doing this you know i'm hitting how did that defensive role that you had early in your career help you later
1: yeah i would say honestly trying to just like think about my progress as a defensive player and the defensive aspect my defense definitely got better from like freshman to sophomore year, even in like my freshman spring, I definitely made strides on defense. But then my senior year, there was just like something just switched in me, I think during preseason, where everything that was coming at me, I was getting almost every ball up, like it was just a mindset of like, this ball will not hit the ground. And it wasn't about technique. It wasn't about like, oh, like my, uh, you know, my weight was on like, the back of my feet. I didn't get the ball, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't in position. It was just whatever came at me. I was just throwing my body at it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care if I dove every single time for the ball. If I look stupid, I was like, I want to get the ball. Cause I just found it so fun. Mm -hmm. I genuinely just like found happiness in it and joy in getting in in defense. And I just like nothing compared to getting balls up. So like, I just like, I loved it. I love defense and loving defense just made me so much better as a setter.
2: That's awesome. For that. Because yeah. that is something that a lot of you know this as a, a young player, you specialize early and as a setter, something that takes a lot of time connecting with hitters. So you don't get a lot of defensive reps. So that is something mm-hmm. that for you to be able to have had that before and then to embrace that in college. I, I think that's awesome and a great mindset too. Now, with that being said, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently going back to your freshman, sophomore year or even in
1: the recruiting process? In the recruiting process, maybe I was really consistent with talking to coaches, I would say, and I did cast a wide net. I would say because I think... I hesitated sometimes to reach out to bigger schools, even though I was talking to a few big schools, I hesitated, I feel like I should just like reach out to like the top like 20 schools and just like consistently sent them or top 30, like just to see what would have happened. So it would have been interesting to see, I would say, I'm still very happy with my decision and Mm -hmm. going to Columbia, that 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 being said for the recruiting process. And then uh, my freshman and sophomore years, I would say maybe deciding what I wanted to play would have been funny, would have been nice. Mm -hmm. I kept switching my position all the time. And then with COVID, the senior setter left. So then I was training as a libero at that Mm -hmm. point. And then my coach was like, okay, like you're going to have to know how to set as well. And I was like, oh God, I haven't set like consistently in a long time. I was like, okay, I'll go back to it. So I just like trained both, which I love volleyball in any aspect. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what position I am Mm -hmm. necessarily, but it would have been cool to see how far I could've gone if I tried to specialize in in something like specific, mm-hmm. if I could've made up my mind.
2: <laughs> Spent that college training time just a little bit more focused in one area instead of splitting between multiple.
1: Yeah, okay. for sure.
2: Now, is there anything that you are glad that you did that made your time on campus as enjoyable as it was, or how was your campus life?
1: I would say the best thing was becoming really close with my team my freshman spring because when you come in as a freshman and like season's already starting and it's it's hard to connect with everyone i would say on the team especially if you're a little more quiet like me uh, but my freshman spring we were just with each other all the time lift at 7 a.m uh, we're in the gym by like 6 45 we'd go to breakfast after you see each other on campus just like I became best friends and it literally felt like these girls were my sisters it was mm-hmm. like the most amazing experience because in the past like club volleyball has been so intense that like everyone was just like you know going crazy by the end of the season as you probably mm-hmm. know from the past mm-hmm. but it really felt like everyone just like genuinely loved each other and they would do anything for each other it was just like such a special thing to experience and that like we also like changed the culture as well in our team we committed to that and we like consciously made efforts to be a better team and going extra to lift, like go on runs, like everything. It was just like so incredible to see that change in people and see the commitment from people and the leadership mm-hmm. from the rising seniors mm-hmm. that year. I thought they they were great leaders and I literally looked at them as my moms. Like I see them and I'm like, I they're like a second mom to me, that, that group of girls. And Seeing that carry over to like my sophomore year as well, and then like sophomore spring, it was like the same type of energy of just like being so close to these people mm-hmm. and like you would never get sick of them, and it's like we eat together, we go on the road together, we play together, it's you're with them twenty four seven and like you don't get sick of them. I absolutely loved it.
2: N- yeah, it's nice to see that when you're fighting with somebody, when you have the same goal in mind of you're trying to get better and you're trying to win, trying to be a great program, it does make it a little bit easier to be in the trenches next to each other, or not get sick of each
1: yeah, other. Yeah,
2: because it's exactly like club. It's like it's kind of similar. Like you're battling, you're playing hard, you're getting better, but there's also the selfish component of you're trying to get recruited. So yeah, there is that fine line of trying to balance both, and it's not easy. I know the team that you were on in club Mm -hmm. is there anything that you went through as a team that like anything you had to overcome that helped you once you got to college with lessons that you had already learned
1: there was always i think in club i was always like i never in my head going into a game was like "Oh, oh my god we might not win blah 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 like i went into every game and i was like full speed ahead like nothing stopping me i never had an ounce of like Nervousness in my body, nothing. Mm-hmm. I absolutely totally jacked for every single game. And I felt that like I was able to bring that to college as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a little too intense for my teammates. <laughs> um But I feel like I was able to give that to other people as well. People got excited when I would speak sometimes, and they would, it's like my friends would say that I would say the most like inspiring things and the most like crazy things. And would get them really jacked and pumped to play or like for the next um, point or something like that. I remember one girl saying that when we were talking to a recruit and I was like, Oh my God, it's so nice to know that Let you think that you've never said that to me. So I was really happy about that.
2: That's awesome. Speaking of sunny Florida, you are a long way from home. You went yes. to a small school. How many kids went to your high school?
1: I think there are 200 in like each class. 200 in each class. That. Yeah, so small.
2: Now you're a student in New York City. Now, just talking Mm -hmm. about that aspect of it, how have you adapted to living in New York City, being a student, (laughs) being an athlete, Mm -hmm. all in a much different environment than where you grew up?
1: I absolutely love New York City. I want to live here for the rest of my life if I could. But you never know. Um, I started visiting New York City going into ninth grade. and My sister lived here. And I would go to summer camps. Like I went to Columbia, Fordham, Princeton. And they were all in the area. And I would stay at my sister's in between. And then I would like also stay a little extra and just like hang out in New York City with her. And being like a 14-year-old and obsessed with cupcakes or something like that. And just like wanting to see like what a big city was like. I thought it was the most amazing thing. It was to be at like 9 p.m., and I was like, oh, my gosh, I really want to get like Magnolia cupcakes. And my sister would be like, all right, let's get on the subway and go for like 15 minutes. We'll go to Rockefeller. There's one right next to it. And I thought it was so amazing to get in the subway and be around like such like a buzzing. There's such like an energy, a buzzing energy here that I absolutely like became addicted to. I loved it. And then on my visits as well, um, I remember I was getting coffee with two girls on the team. I think it was like a sophomore in high school one girl was going to leave us after coffee because she was like, yeah, I'm going to go like, look at the Rockefeller tree with some friends. And she just like went on the subway steps and she's like, I'm going right now. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I can't do that. Like where I'm from, like, you know, it's just like, you go to the beach, you go to the movies or you go to the mall. And like, that's really it. But like here, it's like, just like you can drop yourself off at pretty much any station and just walk around and find something really unique and cool to do Mm -hmm. and something like everyone else, like around the country or world would want to be doing. I just like find it so amazing. I could I could wander New York City for hours and just walk and find cool things to do. I that's like my favorite thing to do.
2: That's awesome. Is there anything that you miss about living in Florida?
1: I would say wearing shorts. I've been like it's so cold here compared to other places. Not too cold, but I do miss being able to just go outside and not have to worry about like, okay, I got to get my coat on, sweater, stuff like that. Even though I do like the seasons, Mm -hmm. definitely miss the weather. And sometimes I miss driving down A1A, especially with the windows down and the music. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. That just like feels so like home to me.
2: Is there anything that you wish you would have known early in your career?
1: Yeah, I would say I definitely believe this more when I was younger than going into college. But it's like, don't let other people limit you or like tell you what you can and can't do i remember being like 12 and 13 and coaches were like well like you're really small like you're you're probably gonna go like d2 and i was like in my head i was like no i'm going d1 i will go d1 like and i was like no absolutely like no question mm-hmm. in my head and i was like i'm gonna prove it to them and i would just work super hard and be like yeah no you're gonna see me in NCAA d1 and then like going into college it's a little bit different because it's like, okay, well, I've made it, like, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. And like, you hear as a freshman, like, oh, like, no, you're not gonna see the court, stuff like that. But you do, you, you somehow weasel your way into making it on the court, which is great. And then, um, also, I remember like being told, there were a bunch of injuries my freshman spring. So we went mm-hmm. into a tournament with like eight players, seven players, uh, and I had to play outside hitter <laughs> in a collegiate match, which, uh <laughs> I was like, okay, like I'm open to doing anything, Uh, especially being left handed. I was like, oh, I just like waiting for the ball to come over your shoulder. I was like, oh, no. But I remember I ended up hitting like 200 that day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I can. I'm a five nine. I was smaller than every other girl on my team. I was skinnier than like most of the girls. And I was like in in lift. I would always bench uh, the least and squat the least. And I went in, I hit 200. And I was like, I can do it. None of you expected that, but I did it. And I thought that was cool. So yeah, not, listen, not letting other people limit you, I would say. There's awesome. always a way.
2: Always a way. I like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, you looking back, you have got to play for three years. You had your career there. What advice would you go back and give yourself as a younger player just to help yourself be more successful?
1: I would say know how to do everything. That's like personally, I find joy in that, being able to play any position. But also, coaches really, I would say, value that as well. Um, I th- I like it's amazing. I think it's so fun when you see like a hitter and they have like good setting hands. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> like that's really cool. Um, I think that's just like absolutely great, and I wouldn't change that. I I I loved playing basically every position in mm-hmm. club somehow. I always am tough on myself, and I would say to myself to be more successful like work harder go practice more like go like find a way to go practice more i would say that if i could i would probably have practiced like every single day honestly looking mm-hmm. back make myself go play every single day
2: yeah because i remember you were in the gym a lot whether it be with somebody's team practicing. and mm-hmm. we'd bring you in as a setter as a hitter like hey we, we need somebody and you always come in and say coach what do you need today all right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And you did it at a high level. And it was always great having the girls like kind of watch your work ethic because you were one that worked very hard to do what you wanted to do. So we always use you mm-hmm. as an example for the mm-hmm. girls of, hey, like there she is. Do some of those things.
1: That's oh, so, great to hear. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: So now you almost done with your Ivy League career. What's some advice you could give younger players who are considering Ivy League schools as, you know, choices for their next volleyball stop
1: mm-hmm. I would say the thing that I did the most in recruiting was being consistent with talking to coaches mm-hmm. I would call coaches like every two weeks I would call them and be like I- I'm back like here I am like mm-hmm. you're gonna like please talk to me again and I would update them on like the smallest things yeah I was really consistent I would email them like my play schedule before tournaments I would email them film after, like I would edit like on iMovie, Mm -hmm. I would send them film, I would tell them about like how I finished in the tournament, stuff like that. So besides like consistently talking to coaches, so you build a relationship because Mm -hmm. that's really big, because there's like no like official ranking of like, okay, like this is like the ranking of like setters or DSs or Lib. It's like really about relationships, I think, Mm -hmm. and getting recruited and like going on visits and like investing in the coaches and the team. Besides that, like also like academics is obviously a really big portion of the Ivy league and like the coaches do really care about that because they like, yes, they, they want you as an athlete, but also they want you to succeed as a student. They want to see you do well in your classes. It's not fun if you're failing your classes or struggling a lot, like that's a lot more stress. So I would just say like keeping up and like keeping good grades, uh, getting test scores a little earlier, maybe that's something I did. I had test scores just to show coaches like, okay, this is where I'm at as a freshman and like, I'm going to take the test again and get a higher score. And then like, I'll take it again, if mm-hmm. need be and get like the score you want. And like get above that. So I think like showing that you're working on something that, like an early stage is really big mm-hmm. as well for academics. Yeah.
2: Good. And I know that since since you went through the recruiting process, the rules have changed to where now yeah. basically D1 and D2 coaches cannot have any interaction with athletes until June fifteenth after their sophomore year. So okay. Like done with 16th year, heading into AAUs, that's when they can first start basically replying to emails, phone calls, and texting. So it's it, it is yeah, it's kind of delayed it and then shrunk it at the same time. Because mm-hmm. now girls they can't go on unofficial visits, like you said, as a freshman, as a sophomore. It's now they can't go until August of their junior year. So it's they're being okay. forced to hey, get to know you June 15th, and now August 1st. All right, we want you to come to campus. So it's mm-hmm. it it is a little bit different. What is the Best advice that you've ever received from either a teammate or a coach?
1: It's really simple. Uh, I think the biggest one that like I always just go back to uh, my third coach. He would mm-hmm. say it to me when I was playing defense, and he'd be like, "Don't think, just just do it, or like just get the ball up." And I'm like, oh, "Yeah, like yeah, that's it. That's all I think about." Just and it think. lets, yeah, don't think. You know how to do it. You don't need to overthink it. Go out and do it, and go beast mode. That's all I think. I love it. That's like the best part when you're not thinking and you're just playing. I absolutely love it. Yeah.
2: And that is something that kind of comes with the gold medal squared that we we talk about and that we train about with tribe. Is you know you work hard, you think and practice, you train, and then now it's time to game mode. That's react with what you know, react with what you've done. Don't think. So mm-hmm. That is phenomenal. I, I love that advice. When you look back what did the opportunities that being with tribe what did that provide you what kind of lessons were you able to learn while you were with our club that Mm -hmm. allowed you to be successful
1: well i absolutely loved all the coaches i had absolutely loved them and i thought they all had like really great perspectives on everything and i liked how they all taught like the same system so that was great to like keep progressing And not have to like take a step back and like learn something new and like go up again um i think that uh the teams that i was on especially when i was younger we were exposed to like really big uh games and high levels of like competition at a young age so i think like that was like the most valuable thing that i've ever gotten was to like learn how to compete at a really young age and just like have that instinct of like i am not losing this game and like Mm -hmm. i can do it myself It's, it's it's the last point i'm not even i have not really hit in college i'm not the biggest hitter but i know if i'm getting set the ball i'm like i'm putting this ball down i'm getting this point right now and like i think i learned that 12s 13s 14s 15s at tribe And that was just like, that's like the most valuable thing that I think I've ever learned. And I absolutely love knowing that like, I didn't go into volleyball, like being super competitive, you know, I was like a 10 year old, I had like the knee high socks, like the huge knee pads, I had to be taught how to be competitive. And I think the coaches that I had did that. And even like, as I was like in 17s and 18s. I learned like different ways of being competitive as well and I just like I think that's the most valuable thing and I absolutely love that and even when I would go back for practices even over winter break <laughs> when I'm not a D1 athlete anymore I would like go to a practice just cuz I can't stay away and like last summer as well and like over covid you can see like girls are competitive a tribe and it's so nice to see that in like younger girls and it's so fun to see that that they like they're going for every single ball and like, mm-hmm. they want it. And like the stuff they'll say in huddles too. It's just like, I'm like, I see myself in it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, like I, I would say the same exact thing. So I love looking back and seeing that. Yeah.
2: And that's awesome because I don't know if you've been back, but you see your name and where you went to school up on that banner, where we do take pride in all of our athletes who have come through the program and had the opportunity to play in college. And so I'm really thankful for the opportunity to have, had a chance to talk with you and kind of hear your story and just share your experience with our young athletes who are mm-hmm. looking forward to doing what you do. So yeah. thank you for taking that time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I, I love this. I love coming back to tribe and doing whatever I can for you guys. I love it.
0: Look, getting into college is stressful for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a student, a student-athlete, or a parent trying to help navigate a landscape that has changed so much since you yourself went through this process. And whether you're getting your recruiter to play sports in college or not, having someone walk you through the admissions process from start to finish is extremely important. I'm very excited to announce that we are forming a partnership with Your College Contact. Who is College Contact? Well, they are a technology platform that connects high school students with college undergraduates for more affordable and accessible college admission and advising. Translation, your student gets to meet with a current college student at their favorite university. Once you set up an initial meeting with them, they will match your high schooler to a college student based on your preferences. This college student will mentor and advise your high schooler through the entire process. From forming a college list, to brainstorming and writing college essays, to applying for scholarships and financial aid, the best part, it's extremely affordable and use our special discount code to receive 20% off all services. Just use the code TRIBE20, that's tribe B E two zero at checkout to receive the discount. For more information, check the link in the description below. Now, back to today's episode. At Tribe Volleyball, we feel that we do a really thorough job of helping you navigate through their college recruiting process. And our goal is to help you find a college home where you can be successful both athletically and academically. And while we're really locked in on the volleyball side of the equation, we can always use a little help on the academic side of things, specifically when it comes to helping our student-athletes navigate the world of high academic colleges. Perhaps you've ever wondered about whether or not you should be filling out your schedule with ACE, AP, or honors classes. Maybe you've had questions about how you can separate yourself from all the other students going through the same process that you are. Or even if you've simply had questions about how to navigate the college admissions process in general. This is why we're excited to be partnering with your College Contact. Wanna see what College Contact is all about? Just take a look at the platform's marketing videos, which they have an audience of over 13 million viewers worldwide. And once you've witnessed how College Contact has helped over 1,500 students just like you get into their top college choices, go to their website and use the code TRIBE20. That's tribe B E two zero at checkout for 20% off any of their services. Please see the link in the description below for more details. Now, back to the show.